who's speaking to us today. So can we give her a warm welcome? Well, that really was a warm welcome, thanks. Um, Good morning. This morning I'll be continuing the 7 I Am series this week looking at I Am the True Vine, reading from John 15, verse 1 to 17. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Jesus' words were delivered to his disciples in the intimate setting of the upper room after they had celebrated Passover together. Now, the disciples were anxious. The previous Sunday had been Palm Sunday. There had been massive crowds and an excited, celebratory atmosphere followed shortly by standoffs and threats. Moments before Jesus said these words, Judas had left the room. Suspicion had surrounded him for a while, and now he had walked out on them all. It was Thursday evening, the day before what would be Good Friday, with Easter Saturday and Sunday to follow. It was an intense week. Now the disciples knew something was going to happen to Jesus, as he had just predicted his death and betrayal, but they didn't fully understand. Can you imagine the feeling in the room? A sort of tense, expectant energy. The disciples' minds were full to the brim with questions. Now, put yourselves in Jesus' position. You're sat with your closest friends, those you love dearly. You know that you haven't got long left with them, but they don't know that. If they knew, they would be distraught. What would you say? You can't tell them exactly what's going to happen. These are your last moments all together, and you want it to be used wisely. You want to pass on your wisdom and advice. Jesus 
had so much more to impart to his loved ones than we ever could have. So he spoke about the important stuff, relationship that reaches beyond the physicality of this world. He talks about a vine. Verse 1, I am the true vine. Verse 4, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is the vine. Look at this picture. A vine to a Jew was central to their culture, not just any old tree. The vine is more complicated than this picture as it connects all the other vines to the ground. Now, Jesus is the ultimate vine of all vines. Like in this picture, we are branches. So if we allow ourselves to think of Jesus as the trunk, rooting us securely to the ground, we can understand the significance of him being the vine, our strength and our sustainer. Jesus provides us with stability. He keeps us upright and he feeds us. He supports us as a friend, consoling us in times of difficulty, providing us with strength when we are weak, holding us up when we feel we cannot go on. He is our rock. He is our vine. Did you know, my dad was a fireman. And he always says the worst thing to crash your car into is a tree. I know, a tree. If you're thinking hitting a wall or a crash barrier is worse, then you're apparently wrong. Now, I have no factual evidence to back this up, but the important thing is that my dad has many, many, many years of experience as a fireman. So if you want to take it up with him, you can find him after the service. But for today, I know it's true because my dad says it is. So the worst thing to crash a car into is a tree because of its roots, strong in the ground. They are strong. If Jesus is the vine and we are a branch, then he is our strength. But he isn't just the root and the trunk. Hudson Taylor, a missionary, is quoted in The Normal Christian Life saying this, Here I feel is the secret, not asking how I am to get sap out of the vine into myself, but remembering that Jesus is the vine, the root, stem, branches, twigs, leaves, fruit, all indeed. I have not got to make myself a branch. The Lord Jesus tells me, I am a branch. I am part of him, and I have just to believe it and act upon it. We are part of him and have just to believe and act upon it. Are we focused on what we can get out of Jesus and how we can become a worthy branch? Or are we focused on Jesus and who he says we are? Now, imagine this. Every time someone gives their life to Jesus, another branch grows. As soon as you give your life to Jesus, you are connected to him. We need only seek to be in relationship with God and trust who he says we are. Let's look at our relationships with God, remembering he is the vine, and also what may have got in the way of us believing this. 
and living as though this is truth. Now, a branch cannot physically remove itself from the vine. This isn't just a transaction. Your life for salvation. Once you accept the love of your heavenly father, you will always be a child of God. No matter what your relationship with God looks like, he will always love you and never stop. He is a relational father. He never leaves you. In fact, he seeks you out. Once a branch, always a branch. We don't have to behave a certain way in relationship. We are branches. We don't have to strive to earn this love. We are branches. He never leaves you and he longs to be close to you. So we are always his in relationship. But sometimes there are things that can get in the way of our relationships with God. We are still a branch, but sometimes we stop relying on him and start relying on other things. We need to be in the vine to be the best sort of branch. Now, I realize some of this stuff is ours to sort, Pride, greed, jealousy, proving our self-worth, striving, even apathy. We need to have perspective. We are a branch because our Father loves us. We need to focus on the trunk. But what about when circumstances get in the way? We can maybe prevent pride and striving, but sometimes we cannot prevent horrible circumstances. My family and I very recently went through a bereavement. That loss, alongside other emotionally stressful circumstances, made the last few months one of the largest storms I have been through in my life. It was extremely difficult to proactively remain close to Jesus' spirit. I was grieving, sad, and focusing on the circumstance. But I also felt the whole time that he was with me. I was not close. I didn't spend time with him as I normally would or seek him out. I was sad. But Jesus loves me and was always there because I am a branch forever connected to him. No matter how far I am from seeking him out, he is always seeking me out. He has found me. God understands our circumstances. He says he is over them, all of them, even the ones we think, why are they there? The reality is, when I looked to him, I could cope better with the circumstance because then I truly felt that I was not alone. Being close to him was in my best interests. So we are never far away from him. Even when we are running away or hiding scared, sad, lowly, distressed, because we are a branch. However, as any gardeners know, trees need tending. Now, Jesus is the gardener. He tends to us and cares for us. It says in verse 2, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. For us, as true believers, God wants to prune us. Every believer is linked to the vine, and to be fruitful, we need to be pruned. I, as a branch, 
and being pruned through circumstances and challenges. There are certain areas of my life, branches in me, that need pruning. I can be bad-tempered. I am easily irritated, and it doesn't take a lot to wind me up. I hope that most of you don't know this, because I've been praying and praying for God to help me change this. And I believe that over the past few years, my temper has lessened. But because getting angry when things get tough, or when something very small goes wrong, has been my natural response for so long, I can often slip back into that behavior. God wants to tend to us. He wants to prune us, prune off the parts of us that do not bear fruit. But sometimes these parts of us are thick and aged. My branch of angrily responding to a situation is tough to cut through, and it's a process. It can't be snipped swiftly. It needs time and proper attention. Why was I angry? Was there something else that I hadn't acknowledged or recognized in me that God is highlighting to help me? Am I sad? Am I lonely? Why am I fighting? If you know that there's something in your life, a branch in your life that needs tending to, I want to encourage you to turn to our Father, the all-surpassing gardener, to begin the cutting and pruning process. Acknowledging that there are things sitting in the way of our relationships with God is the scary first step, but an important one. There is no condemnation, not with our loving Father. God sees past the parts of us that make us imperfect. He accepts us as we are. He even lavishes his love on us. He is in it for the long haul. Romans 8, 38 to 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any other powers, neither height nor depth, neither nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a long call. I would like to consider two words related to how we are in the vine. One is trust, the other is fellowship. Now, do we trust God? Whilst a branch doesn't know the emotion of trust, we do. And a branch is totally reliant on the trunk. Trust for us is important. I believe total trust means getting rid of control. We allow him to take control because we trust him. The trunk or the vine facilitates the branch, not the other way around. To me, trust has become such a throwaway word. There are many films where the characters are thrown into impossible circumstances, having just met each other, and they have to trust each other. Take Aladdin, for instance. One of my favorite films as a child. Fairly early on in the film, Aladdin and Jasmine are hiding together from the palace guards. Aladdin, the pesky street rat who has been stealing food, and Jasmine, the disguised princess who has run away from home. When the guards find them, they only have one escape option, to jump off the roof. How mad. And Aladdin turns to Jasmine. He says, do you trust me? To which she tentatively replies, Yes, before he grabs her hand and they jump. Do you trust me? Imagine you are in Jasmine's position, 
some guy you literally just met who is actually a homeless thief on the run from the authorities with only a monkey for a friend who probably smells of it too expects your trust. I often think I would have yelled, uh, no, before running towards the guards away from this madman. It's mad. Yet, there are plenty of films that include this line and the premise of trust without foundation. We are instructed in Proverbs 4.23 to guard our hearts. We need to be careful who we trust. We would be mad to trust people we've just met. But the God of the universe says, trust me, what do we think? God, our heavenly Father, he is the epitome of trustworthy. Everything changes, but he stays the same. When we find it difficult to trust God, it is not because of him. It is because of us. Maybe we can spend too much time looking at me, the branch, and less time looking at him, the vine. Now, I think you will agree that the world around us undeniably influences us. Take our culture. We are living in a very self-centered, individualistic world. We can enjoy independence and self-sufficiency, but this can bring out unhelpful branches in us. I am an independent person. I like doing things my way. I've grown up in a world very different to some of you, where I have had a lot of choices. I have had a lot of control over my life. I could choose what after-school activities I did. I chose my options for GCSEs and A-levels. I decided whether to go to university or not. Maybe I included God in praying about them, but ultimately I had the choice. Some of you may not have had these choices. What I mean to explain by all this is that in some way or another, control has influenced us. Either too much control or not enough. When we have experienced control positively or negatively in our lives, it can be difficult to relinquish control to God. The branch is nothing without the nurturing sustenance of the vine. The vine is in control of everything that the branch needs. Maybe as a branch, a disciple of Jesus, we can think, oh, I'm supposed to trust God? But life is messy. Surely I need to be in control of my life. I am an amazing branch. After all, our culture says I'm number one. I don't know if I can trust him. He would then be number one. I would lose control. Just after my granddad died a couple months ago, I went through a time of feeling like everything was out of control. I tried to remind myself that God is in control, that he is above my circumstances. He is bigger than them. But somehow this didn't reassure me. Everything felt chaotic and messy and God was supposed to be in control. Abiding in Christ, trusting in him and giving him control doesn't change our circumstances. But it does shift our focus. We can get stuck at looking, every, looking at everything around us, distracted by things that usually don't matter. We need to shift our focus from ourselves and our circumstances to Jesus, fixing our eyes on him, relying on the vine. 
We do this when we know him more, when we read his word, when we pray. The Holy Spirit presence can be with us even when tough stuff is happening. After Jesus' ascension, not dissension, into heaven, the disciples remembered his words. Jesus had left, but they stayed and prayed, seeking God in a time of total uncertainty. And then the Holy Spirit came. I encourage you, if you are facing tough circumstances of any kind, to turn to Jesus. He is secure and safe. He may not change your circumstances, but he will bring you a different outlook. He will sustain you and comfort you, supplying you with everything that you need. It happened for me. When I fixed my eyes on Jesus, I felt loved, comforted and understood. And through doing this, I have felt the intimate closeness to Jesus that the disciples felt in the upper room. And he has restored my joy. Apart from trust, I also felt we needed to hear and apply the word fellowship. This is where we get to care for one another, look out for each other, point each other back to Jesus. Not all of us have things in common. Most of us probably never would have met if it wasn't for church. We are a mixed sponge, and yet we are a family. We have a common goal against evil and for good, against the enemy and for our saviour. We are connected through Jesus himself. This is family. And when we look at it like this, we have fellowship. We are told in the context of the vine and branches to love each other as Jesus has loved us. This love is proactive. When you love someone, you do things for them. You check in on them. You pray for them. You serve them, and in turn, others check in on you, pray for you, and serve you. Today's passage even goes so far as to say in verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. I don't think I'm very good at laying down my life for my friends. Sometimes people come to mind, and I think, oh, I really need to text that person, see how they're doing. Or, I really need to meet up with them. We haven't seen each other in ages. And then, I don't do it. Time and busyness get in the way. It's another thing that I've got from this world. And I need to check myself. Because I'm not of this world, even though I'm in it. But sometimes, I act like I'm of this world. Now, not that long ago, I was struggling with my faith and had asked some of my friends to pray for me without telling them any details. One of my closest friends made time to meet me that day. That day. She made space for me in amongst everything that was going on with her. We had a much-needed McDonald's and a long talk. Although what we were talking about didn't have an easy fix, Just talking about it with someone I trusted, someone I knew loved and understood me, was exactly what I needed. My friend demonstrated fellowship as it should be. Prayerful, proactive, serving and loving. What do we think of fellowship? Are we looking out for each other or are we me-focused? When you get caught in looking out for number one and what you want, 
instead of looking out for the real number one and his will, maybe that indicates to you that you could use some more time abiding in Christ. Being in the vine is integral. It's no good being an individual branch. The vine tree has many branches, and together they make up the tree. All are a part of the tree. All are a part of God's family. God spoke to me nearly a year ago, and he said, seek me first, and explained incredible things that could change and happen if I did as he said, and turned to him first. Have you noticed that the more time you spend with someone, the more alike you become? You pick up each other's mannerisms and behaviors. The more time we spend with Jesus, deepening our relationship with him, the more like him you will become. So let's recap. Today, we have really considered our father wanting to be in relationship with us. He wants to be close to us, how he is in control and above our circumstances. Jesus is our place to go for guidance and security in all of life. And the Holy Spirit will be with us in everything that we face. Being a branch is a gift from God that we don't have to strive for. It comes with a promise of eternity, fulfillment in life, and a sustainer that is more than we can imagine. Let's remember, in the tough times that we are a branch, forever connected to our Saviour, let's remember to care for our church family and love them proactively as Jesus has loved us. Let's stay close to him and let's stop anything from getting in the way of this. God made Jesus the true vine and us the branches to be close to us. To us. Let's do this by shifting our focus to Jesus. So if the band could come back up, I want to finish with this scripture. As an encouragement to us all to put things right anything that has been highlighted today by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the one who is for us. Hebrews 12, 1-3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's pursue an even closer relationship with Jesus because there is always more. We can always go deeper. Let's seek him out and draw close to him in this time.